Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. tell you how much I appreciate the podcast. As another avid K-drama binger, I've been searching for more of this kind of content for a while now, and I think your show is the best out there. Thank you for the in-depth analysis and humor. The suggestion I have for an episode is Mies Hang, one of my favorites, in case you think it might be worth exploring. This was the first drama I watched where it felt more than a K-drama, where the storytelling was first rate through and through, topping even many Western shows I admire. I know this had enormous popularity at the time it aired. Your perspective would be fascinating. I also loved My Mister as well and really enjoyed Signal. Both, of course, directed by Kim Won-suk. Would be amazing to hear about him in general, as I feel he's one of the best artists out there. Maybe you could do a filmmaker slash actor spotlight every so often as well. Best of luck with everything. Rooting for your success. Regards, Kichal. Thank you, Kichal, for your very nice letter. I got it a while back and wanted to cover Misang for a while now, so I wanted to read your letter in sync with it. So thank you for your letter. Misang is a very well-known drama. It is also known as Incomplete Life on other platforms. I believe in America it is currently on Netflix. It's a 2014 K-drama from TVN based on a webtoon series by Yoon Tae-ho. And Yoon Tae-ho also wrote the webtoon Moss, or Iki, which became a film to great success, directed by Kang Woo-seok, who was a very well-known filmmaker for, for movies like Shilmido and Public Enemy. I really like Yoon Tae-ho's story because he came from nothing, and he apprenticed as an illustrator for other comic writers, and he struggled with an inferiority complex for a very long time because he comes from the shits. He doesn't come from a very educated background. His family is extremely poor and he has none of the the refinements of some artists. And he struggled to get his work published for a very long time. And so I have a very deep appreciation for his tenacity and for his talent. And I genuinely just have more love for the artists who struggled very early on in their career. And some of you might say, like, all artists struggle early on in their career. Yes and no. There are some people who happen to get signed and booked quite early on, and things are a lot easier for them. And there are others who really, really struggle to get their work out. But ultimately, this guy did get his work out there, and now his now his work is... Uh, very much critically acclaimed and mainstream. He's a mainstream guy now. Kim Won-suk is the director of this show, and he's known for directing quite a few TV shows like Signal, Scandal, and My Mister. I thought that Kim Won-suk had a very stylistic mark in My Mister, which balances gritty realism with the soft melodramatic in a very sophisticated way. Signal is a very stylized show because it is this fantasy time warp genre. Misang, however, feels to me a little less stylized. I think it's because it's in an office setting, but in terms of its stylistic footing, I felt like the show was a bit flat. 
a bit ambiguous. I wasn't really sure where they were going. It just felt a little flat for me. I think he wants to thrive as a director when the story has a ready-made genre in place. So once that is decided, then Kim Won-suk knows exactly what to do. But when that is a little bit more ambiguous, then his style is really somewhat all over the place. I think Kim Won-suk does a great job at directing very talented actors. Kim Won-suk's range as a director is very broad. He directed a historical period costume drama. He directed a fantasy genre. He did another fantasy genre, Arthal Chronicles, which is on Netflix and I couldn't even finish it. It was just so it was too terrible. He even directed a K-pop show called Monstar, which I've never seen, but it seems weird and wacky. And Kang Hanu is in it, who we also see in Mising. So why not? Maybe if I come across it, I'll check it out. Mising does a very good job at showcasing how a person with no backing financially, educationally, or socially can work their way to a respectable position through consistency, tenacity, and falling back on skills that they acquire through other work that they've done in their lives. So I would say that Mising does reflect somewhat of the autobiographical aspects of Yoon Tae-ho's life. It's also about a man coming to terms with his own limitations. And this is a very tricky thing. This isn't the first time I heard somebody say that they gave up their career or passion because they felt discouraged by seeing other people doing better than themselves. I know a friend who currently works in finance and he does very well, but he... He was supposed to go to graduate school and get a PhD in mathematics. That was his goal. That was his dream. But when he saw his his friend just excelling and doing far better than himself, he just quit. He just said, I, I will never be as good as him. So he quit and then he went into finance. And when people make decisions like that, I always wonder if that is the right decision. Right now, I'm reading a lot about artistic drive and creativity and these kinds of psychological threats of negativity. They come up time and time again for people who are uh, pursuing their passions, especially a creative pursuit. And it's something that we live with constantly, especially when we are taking a risk and moving forward on something that we really want. So looking around and comparing ourselves to others is the last thing to do. When we are on a trajectory to accomplishing the thing that we really want. And so in this sense, Mising is a story about compromise. It's really heartbreaking, actually. And perhaps that is why I don't identify with it. I struggled when I was first trying to watch Mising back when it first came out because it was really like, I mean, in terms of its critical and mainstream success, it was a bit massive, you know, and this is this is when TVN wasn't even that well known for its dramas still you know like this is like before goblin you know what i'm saying so again like i was trying to watch this show but stylistically it fell flat for me tonally it fell flat for me and ultimately it is a pro-capitalism show in a very warped poor man's kind of way and i've developed a severe allergy to office life shows and this show triggered some of my past traumas for me personally. I don't think I could have watched the show at the time also because I was working in an office and I was just gagging every single morning that I woke up to an alarm to drag myself to work, to a job I hated. So with all that said, I think it's a very well-written show. 
it does show the inhumanity of a white collar workspace. But again, this is nothing new, right? We see it in almost every single workplace drama set in a white collar space. It always exhibits a white collar space as an inhumane space to work in time and time again. I mean, that that's a that's really a, a, a dead horse that we've been beating like incessantly. It's like, let's stop. I mean, this is no longer even a horse anymore. It's basically it's basically horse meat. Today's actually my birthday, February 20th, and I am turning 35. I am now 35. I am officially 35 years old. So I am officially in my mid 30s. And I was this morning, I was kind of looking back and reflecting like 10 years ago, what was I doing? 10 years ago, when I was turning 25, I was in Greenwich Village in New York, and I was at the Fat Cat. And I was playing ping pong and shooting pool. And like dozens of my friends were just kind of coming through and saying hello and stopping by and buying me drinks. And um, I got really wasted, but I had a lot of fun. And I, I noticed that I don't talk to any of those people who came to my party 10 years ago, not a single one. Uh, we either lost touch. Uh, they're all in New York. I'm in LA. Some of them I had fallouts with. And here's the fact, like, if you're not having fallouts or not, no longer, if you're not distancing yourself from some people, I mean, that's strange to me because as we get older, we change and, and the people around us change. And as we change our relationships with who we vibe with, that also changes. So in some aspects, I kind of look at this as a success. It's like tonight I went out. I got cupcakes from Sprinkles and I went to South Pasadena where my friend was hosting a, a comedy mic and I invited a bunch of comedian friends to sort of drift through and pick up a cupcake, do a set and just say hello and just shoot the shit. And then afterwards we went and got food like nobody drank. I didn't drink because I don't drink. I didn't get high because I don't smoke pot anymore. And had a really wonderful night. It was a really sweet, loving night. And I was very moved with all the people who stopped by and said hello. And, um, you know, some of them gave me gifts, some of them gave me some cake. And it was a really nice evening. So um, one thing I'm sort of realizing about myself is, I don't know, I'm finally confident with my looks. <laughs> Maybe that sounds weird for me to say, but like, back when I was a teenager, and in my 20s, when I was actually like really thin and beautiful and youthful, I used to think I was so fat and ugly. That is like the genuine heartbreaking truth. I used to think I was hideous and gross and fat and disgusting. And that wasn't the case. I was way thinner than I am now. Like no wrinkles, beautiful skin, gorgeous body, really beautiful face, so cute. And I was just disgusted with myself all the time. And today I'm in a place where I can, I, I kind of like admiring myself, you know, and I think doing stand up helped with that a lot. I think doing this podcast helped with that a lot. I think writing my books helped with that a lot. I think getting my degree, I think um, getting better friends helped with that a lot. Sort of distancing myself with very critical and toxic people helped with that a lot. So all in all, I am happy with who I am today. I'm happy with where I am today. And I think that's a huge success. So I am proud of myself today at 35. And I just wanted to share that with you. So thank you for listening.
and thank you for always listening to my podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to Olivia Hill. She is a LA-based comedian, very funny, very sweet. In fact, I saw her this evening and it was very nice to see her. She is currently exploring her new talents as a makeup artist and we got into some real interesting stuff. So let's talk to Olivia Hill. I know the feeling because I live in the valley and then I get the mm -hmm. same shit from people. They're like, oh, that's so far. I'm like, far from where? Like far is distance is relative. It's not far mm -hmm. from like CVS down my street, you know, like, <laughs> what do you mean it's far? And yeah. And, you know, it's also like annoying when people are like, oh, like you must not have a community there because like there's nothing there or, you know, like they just say like a lot of shit. And I'm like, it's mm -hmm. where I live, you know, like mm -hmm. you don't you don't need to live there. I live there. I'm <laughs> fine. You can set your boundaries and do your thing. I'm OK. But mm -hmm. I find that annoying. Do you, do you feel annoyed by questions like that? I would get annoyed specifically when. I used to live in another apartment where there were three bedrooms, so we'd always, like it was, it wasn't like subletting, but if a roommate left, yeah. we would have to fill that spot and sure. to keep the rent the same. So we would, I had, I lived there for years, so I met so many people to like interview for the roommate. Right. And it would be so rude when people would come in and be like, oh, it's kind of small, or oh, it's not as like cute as I thought it. And it's like, dude, I live here. Like you're just yeah. coming into my home and saying something <laughs> about it. It was like a really good spot too. So I was like, yeah, yeah like for the price you're paying more for yeah. location. But also it's just like, if you don't like it, you can yeah. you have to say it. You, you don't, don't have, have to point out shit. what you don't like. Yeah, Exactly, you don't have to talk So shit. that's what bothered me more so annoying when people just insult the place you live in yeah mm -hmm. I, I know the feeling okay so then do you go to like um a lot of the that that culver city mic scene like fanatic salon and like um i know that jordan michaels used to have like a show in culver city or in venice actually he used to have like a, a backyard show pre-pandemic mm. i yeah i'm at the west side comedy theater a lot oh yeah um, yeah that place yeah that is my home club and then i honestly post pandemic just haven't been miking as much i mean i saw you like in the delta days i was yeah. like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna start going out again i'm vaccinated yeah. i'm gonna do it and then as of yeah. late i'm like how can i better spend my time <laughs> oh yeah yeah then what have you been doing like where has all your energy and focus been poured into as of late um probably into content creation, you know, yeah. TikTok, yeah. YouTube, etc. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I do eventually want to get back into doing more stand up. It's just I can't I've I haven't gotten covid yet, knock on wood. Um yeah. but I just I don't want to get it from an open mic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like I just like kind of weigh everything as like would I be okay seeing these people and then maybe getting COVID from them yeah. and so it's like if you're not a friend of mine then don't give it to me that's funny yeah it's like if I know you then sure we can share yeah. it but yeah. if I don't know you in fact if I hate you yeah. ugh, don't give it to me already if I had to already sit through like a horrible conversation with you and then later I find out you gave me COVID. 
Yeah. I'm gonna be extra pissed and just extra hold a grudge against you. I'm uh, I'm learning yeah. to forgive, but forgiveness can be hard. Forgiveness can be hard. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. then okay. Oh, that's funny. It's funny that you apply a personal like a personal thing to virus, you know, like airborne virus. That's funny to me. Well, and um, I, I totally understand that, like, I could get it from going to Costco. But then I guess yeah. it's like, it's not only like a personal thing outwardly, but it's a personal thing inwardly where it's like, yeah. I just want to do things that if I get it going to Trader Joe's, what else was I supposed to do? I had to get groceries that week, I you know? See. So it's like, yeah. I just want to be, this is where it gets real LA woo woo, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I want to be yeah. intentional about yeah. what yeah. I do now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, if you go grocery shopping, it's like for your survival and sustenance. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand. Okay. I get it. I understand. <laughs> Fucking A. I've been, I've been seeing that uh, you were doing like makeup tutorials and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, like what's the gimmick there when you're doing your makeup tutorial? Uh, the gimmick is that I am not trained. I never went to beauty school. In an alternate universe, I do, and that's where I spend a ton of money. But in uh -huh. this universe, I don't see it. It's, it's pretty much a hobby for me. I love yeah. learning about it. But when you go to beauty school, from what I understand, it's a lot of learning. Like you learn how to do makeup and you learn how to do it on other people, but you have to spend a lot of money on a kit. That way, if you get hired, you can do any skin tone. And so if I'm just doing makeup on me, I can't afford 50 shades of foundation for them to all yeah. also go bad because you have to yeah. all makeup has expiration dates yep. so yep. I've always just loved watching people do makeup on YouTube like since I was like a teenager because I couldn't figure out how to do eyeliner on my eyelids when I was a teenager so I'd watch all these videos to figure out what I was doing wrong and then I just got hooked into like watching it for the like the artistry the entertainment there's something yeah. soothing about it even though when I watch or when I hear people they're like, yeah, I watch Twitch. And I'm like, you watch other people play video games? But then, like, I'm like, I watch other people do makeup. So yeah. because I'm not, like, trained, but I, you know, do stand-up and write and stuff, yeah. I try to make it funny and entertaining. And uh -huh. the gimmick is, she's not here right now, uh, is that I have this donut cat pillow named uh -huh. Donut Kitty. And the running oh. joke is that she's the producer and that she sets up the light. She sets up this. <laughs> and I think it's just going to like turn into like slowly watching me lose my mind and believe that yeah. like she's my Wilson, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cute. I like that. No, it's we all have to do these things nowadays, you know, like mm -hmm. um, I used to have such an issue with being in front of the camera and uh like i used to have issues with even like selfies and posting selfies like taking selfies is one thing and then posting mm -hmm. it is another thing and like i used to have such an issue around all of that and i used to think that it was my it was like an ego thing like an unhealthy ego thing I, that's what i used to believe and that's what used to stop me because it was like judgment and all this shit. but then mm -hmm. Nowadays, I'm realizing it's actually a sign of a healthy ego to be able to, like, admire oneself in a, in a photo, in the mirror, and to be able to love those images and, you know, love actions that you take in front of the camera. Like, it's actually, a, it's the opposite of what I used to believe. 
that's what mm-hmm. I'm coming to terms with. And I used to really struggle with that. I mean, did you ever struggle with like being in front of the camera at all? Mm, no, not with the camera, but it took a little bit to get over my voice because what you hear in your head is not what comes out and also i am tone deaf so like i can't sing like i have had my microphone turned off several times at karaoke it is very embarrassing (laughs) that's so mean oh my god it's it's probably for the good of the people it's probably like you know that like train ethics question is like do we kill one person or do we kill seven it's like we're gonna kill this girl's mic and make her feel bad but Damn. everyone in this bar will think oh my god your it. friends would do that or like bar no, people do that? the bar oh. people yeah That's we so used to like go to a karaoke spot after the show i used to run before the pandemic and we'd go like we, the show is monthly and it always landed on like a Tuesday or Wednesday and this bar yeah. up the street had karaoke. So we that was always yeah. where we did the after party. And yeah. it happened to me there twice. And that I was like, so all right, got the that message. Is, that is so mean. That's <laughs> not cool. I, I think I've been more offended in the past about it. It's not the meanest thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm just, I'm also just self-aware about my voice. So it's yeah. like, and also I think I got lucky and they felt not lucky, but they felt like they could get away with it and maybe I wouldn't notice because uh, I would do, because I'm so insecure about singing, I would do duets. So like the other person, so it wasn't just like, oh wow, we turned off this one girl. It was like, you could still hear the other person and I was just like screaming. So like you could still hear both of us. Um, But yeah, I can't like hear things and mimic it. And so when Mm. I first started doing stand up. And I would listen to like the recordings on my phone. It was hard. Yeah. But then now I have to rewatch so much footage and listen to the yeah. recordings that I've gotten over it. But okay. singing is still like a big no for me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I know that feeling too. Like hearing one's voice um, is very jarring for a lot of people. Um, but funnily enough, like I kind of got over the voice thing and video stuff after I started stand up. Is, is very weird mm-hmm. like after like after i was doing sets and recording them and listening to them i had no like hurdle like to get over in order to listen to it i, I was just very mm-hmm. naturally i was like curious about it and wanted to hear it mm-hmm. and i started to like my own voice it's it's mm-hmm. yeah it's weird how that is for some people but mm-hmm. okay you're tone deaf wow next time you go to karaoke <laughs> you guys like going to like singing is fun it's a lot of fun and just go to like a Japanese or Korean karaoke bar, you know, like where you get a private room and you could just go with your friends. Like, have you done that? I have, and yeah. I still don't love it. I've had fun. I've, I've gone with a good group of people, but yeah. it still makes me insecure because I think I even went to like a concert once with a friend uh-huh. and we were next to each other and I was like singing yeah. we saw Gwen Stefani and I could yeah. tell she you know when you kind of like you're 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 uh, not viscerally but you're reacting a little bit like oh, I wish that thing would stop like oh. I kind of got that vibe from her so I was like oh man my voice is so <laughs> it just it's just it's and it's not even funny people are like oh well, lean into it make it funny and I'm like it's really not even funny it's just bad i almost want to make you sing right now just so i can hear it no i'm not gonna but okay you know what you should do then 
Mm-hmm. Go to uh go to like a karaoke bar or like 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 go to like a Korean norebang. You know, you could go to norebangs mm-hmm. in uh, K Town. Mm-hmm. You just your own private room, like in during a daytime, like afternoon or something, because mm-hmm. it's cheap, and just mm-hmm. go in for an hour and sing all the songs that you want without like alone without. Well, that's yeah. what my car is for. I love singing in my car. I love <laughs> yeah. out there. I do. I really, and I love like driving around, like driving around yeah. is so soothing for me. So I'll do yeah. it there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. Cause I'm like, that's yeah. fucked up. That's fucked up that she doesn't get to do that. You know? Oh no, I, I yeah. let it out. I just don't like doing it around people because I can see they're like, even when they're being polite, you can kind of see the eye twitch and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So. Fuck them! I say fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all to hell. Whatever, man. Just get with it. What you? What you think you're? What Whitney Houston or some shit? Huh? What? Shut up. Fucking. You're not Pavarotti. Fuck you. People are so judgy, you know. And it's whatever. I'm just like whatever. Get over it. Get over it. Part of like going to karaoke bars and like singing like that on the top of your lungs is that you suck. Is that you can't? You are not Mariah Carey, and that's the point. And and you just fucking belt out doing it just to let out the release. You know, the release of whatever it is that's stuck in there. And like Koreans, like my me, when me and my Korean friends go to a norebang, we kill it in the room we'll be there three three hours three nice. four hours singing everything everything from k-pop to just pop songs to rap like everything for four fucking hours and we leave and all of us feel lighter yeah. like like a burden's been lifted off our shoulders and something about yeah. that that is like cathartic and there's a tension release that's different from anything else because mm-hmm. you're singing and there's like vibes and rhythm to it, but you're also mm-hmm. like screaming. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that's similar to like dancing, right? Yeah. Because you're like physically getting it out. Yeah, you're you're really releasing tension. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. Well, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. I the next time I get invited to karaoke, I will invite you just so yeah. you can see, just so you I can walk away it. and be like, she was right. <laughs> 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 Shit. I won't say anything, but damn, <laughs> bad. <laughs> like we, no, I saw yeah. that you were on, um, I think Eric Esteban's karaoke show. Uh huh. Yeah. And he was, he reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, do you want a spot?" And I was like, "Is the karaoke mandatory?" He's like, "Yeah, that's kind of the point of the show." And yeah. I'm like, "With love and light, I cannot do it. Wow. Like I can't." And he was like, "Okay, well, you know, he had some other ideas for shows. He's like, I'll keep you in mind." And it's just like, but that's another, that's the intention thing. I'm not going to go out into the world yeah. and get COVID because I was forced to sing karaoke, a thing I don't even like. Yeah. Yeah. I also love when people are like, you don't like karaoke? Isn't that Japanese? I'm like, yeah, so it's sleeping on the ground, but I basically got sciatica. So no. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No. No, I want to, I want to figure out a way to find your love back to that because you like it I could tell that you like it but you're just limiting that because of your fear of other people's perception of you and you feel like you singing is a burden onto others like an imposition onto others and I don't think that's and this is just me from where I am without Mm -hmm. having you you sing and 
I don't、mm. need to because I've gone to like norebangs with、uh, tone deaf people,、mm-hmm. and it is horrendous, but it's also like beautiful. I'm like, I love that you're terrible and that you know you're terrible, and everybody here knows you're terrible, and that you're still gonna do it because. It's just your thing. Like this is your moment, and it's also beautiful when people let that person sing. Like I have a cousin.、Mm-hmm. I have a cousin in Korea. He's like way older than I am because my dad's the youngest in the family.、Mm-hmm. He's like,、mm-hmm. he's like, thir- like twenty five, thirty years older than I am.、Mm-hmm. We go to a norebang with my aunts, and all my aunts and uncles are like amazing singers. I was just、mm-hmm. like, what the <laughs> fuck? You guys are killing it. <laughs> and then my cousin. Sucked like, oh my god! Like it, it in comparison to them, like our aunts and uncles, it's like even worse because they're like、mm-hmm. fucking Jennifer Hudson level, and he's、mm-hmm. like awful.、Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like a turtle yelling, but <laughs> but he still sang. He sang yeah, yeah. a bunch of songs, and nobody nobody hit cancel. Everybody just let、mm-hmm. him sing. Everybody、mm-hmm. applauded. And it's、Aww. like he—they made space for him because he deserves that space, and he made that space for himself too, being sure. unapologetic. Sure, that's what I'm talking about. Like that is a real thing, <laughs> and I've seen, not only with my cousin, but I saw it with my、um, my friend too. Like I went to high school with her,、mm-hmm. can't sing a note. Oh my gosh, but I wanted her to sing. You know,、mm-hmm. I wanted her to just still do it,、mm-hmm. and、uh, and then a friend of my. Push the cancel button. I was like, "That was so mean. That was so mean. Don't ever do that again." You know, while she was singing, yes, but、mm. hit cancel, hit cancel, hit end. It's not cool. It's that, not cool. That's, to, that's mean. Like, it's one of the rudest things you could do. I can't believe、yeah. that business did that to you. Don't ever go to that bar again. Fuck those people. <laughs>、um, I mean. Look, I appreciate I appreciate that we're trying to work through my insecurities right now, but at the same time, I think I've I I did enough karaoke in my life where I gave it that shot. I tried to be all the、okay. things that you're saying, and I think I've just made peace. I'm like, I also don't、mm. really enjoy it personally,、okay. like, regardless of the reaction. Like,、That's、it's just that not,、yeah. you know.、Yeah. Versus like, yeah, I love stand up. I love being the center、yeah. of attention in that、yeah. way because I know I'm good at it, and I think that's the flow、right. of energy, right? It's like、yeah. when you're doing good and the feedback you're getting is good, it makes you better. And、yeah. I think with same with singing, right? Where yeah. If I only feel, even if it's in my own head that I'm being judged, like I'm gonna tighten up my vocal cords, I'm gonna、sure. tighten up my diaphragm, and so、sure. it's gonna sound worse. I'm gonna get more insecure. Yeah. But you know, I've had you know my cathartic moments of singing with like a best friend to either Taylor Swift or Post、yeah. Malone in the car. Yeah. So yeah. like, I've, I've experienced、okay. like the the vibe of it, but I just think like,、yeah. I was talking with a friend about this like. You know, just things that we're like. You know, at this point in our lives, I've tried it. I don't like it. Like karaoke, baths, don't need them. They don't. They don't <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't find joy out of it, then yeah, absolutely, let it go. Yeah,、mm-hmm. I thought maybe like you loved it and then you weren't doing it. But okay, it's a different story if you don't like it. Yeah, if you right, don't enjoy、right. it, then fuck it. We don't need to. <laughs>、uh, what you don't like baths? That's shocking. Really? Because. I probably would if I lived in a situation that was pristinely clean, and I'm、uh. not saying I'm like okay. One on just an even normal level, it's like how often do I have to like I don't want to sit in my own bathtub. Like I would have to like scrub it down before、yeah. soaking in it. 
Yeah. But, you know, these, like, buildings in Los Angeles, they, the one I live in is not new. There have been other uh, bodies okay. in there. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, like, to soak in that. You know, I just feel like yeah. I'm embalming myself in generations of failed <laughs> actors. Ew, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I, so. I love baths. I take baths, like, every week. But, uh, yeah, it is it is like a question mark in your mind. It's like, oh, who else has been in here? Also, a lot of people die in bathtubs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have a bit about that. I have a bit about how like Whitney Houston and like Mm. Jim Morrison died in bathtubs, you know? It's like, why do people think baths are relaxing when people die in bathtubs, you know? It's like very, it's a strange idea. But what a way to go, you know, taking a bath, trying to do something relaxing. And then you're like, you know what? This is so relaxing that I'm just going to leave my body, right? Yeah. Just fucking soul escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it makes the cleanup a little easier, too. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I'm just, I'm speaking from a logical standpoint. I feel like I'll get canceled for saying that 20 years from now, but... Yeah, yeah, just drain the tub. Yeah, there's no blood or any horrendous thing. Fucking A. (laughs) Man, a lot of of comics died this past month, didn't they? Again? This past month? We lost Bob Saget. We lost Wee Anderson. I mean... Yes. Betty White, too. She's a comedic actress. Yes. Okay, I was sadly thinking about... Uh, if it was people we personally knew because I oh. knew there was a moment this past year where a handful of people were lost. So I was I like, know. did I, have, you know, is this what happens when I don't go to open mics is I don't know who's, but yeah, you're right. The, the bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the established ones that the rest of the country are mourning. Yeah. That's what I meant, I suppose. <laughs> but it's, I think it's always sad when a comic dies established or not. Like it's always heartbreaking and agonizing that, Anyway, um, do you have like, any 2022 goals, like short-term and like year-long goals for yourself? I made a resolution. It's kind of a resolution. It's, it's, it's yeah. an interesting one. What I'm doing is every month I am taking one friend of mine um, to dinner at like a nice restaurant and I'm going to pay for it. I'm taking them on a friend date because I kind of, I love really nice restaurants in LA, but I kind of got sick of, I got over the mentality that I needed it to be like a real date where a guy pays for it. I'm like, I can pay for this. And, but I also didn't want to put my friends in a position where I'm like, I want to eat here. And they're like, we can't afford that. So I was like, I'll just, I got you because I would rather guarantee that I'm going to have a good time with someone over good food and try a new place and get an opinion about it rather than like sitting around and waiting for, you know, like feeling even comfortable enough to be like, can we go here? Like whatever. So, so I'm just like taking it into my own hands and, uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so empowering. Holy shit. Because yeah, that's usually okay. I'm a I'm a huge foodie myself, mm-hmm. and there's so many places I'd like to go. But like you know, our friends are comics and artists, and also it's LA. Like people don't really, they don't. A lot of people in LA don't think of food as like 
a thing to go after and like dine mm-hmm. out like the whole experience they don't think of it like that they just think food is just something you eat and that's it but mm-hmm. i like the whole ritual of going to restaurants sitting down you know getting dolled up to go mm-hmm. having you know food come in the courses i love that whole ritual mm-hmm. and in la i never i hardly ever do that but yeah like you're right why should we wait around for a, a date to hope that he's man enough to fucking pick up the check or mm-hmm. why should we you know like not go after the thing that we want because of whatever constructs social constructs and you're just fucking breaking down the barricade of that and being like in a very easy way be like i can do this and mm-hmm. it's a nice thing to do to be able to take mm-hmm. a friend out mm-hmm. and think of the appreciation and that is so nice I love that resolution. And also, it really, I did it, I did my January one already, and I kind of knew going into, we went to Rosaline, is it Rosaline? Or Rosaline? I think it's just Rosaline on, it's Peruvian food on Melrose, because I love their sister restaurant, Hinoki and the Bird in Century Uh City. Uh Um, Hinoki and the Bird is like Japanese inspired modern modern japanese and i really like it because the first time i ever had it it's it's modern but there were still like ingredients and flavors where i'm like oh my god this reminds me of childhood so and i think that's really cool to mesh the two um yeah and so this is their sister restaurant i think it's a different chef but it's peruvian food is really good Mm -hmm. and the thing i realized going into it and even after it is that um it also gives me appreciation for when a guy does take me out and they do cover the check because I'm like, oh yeah, like, cause I've been immature in my day and I've probably thrown a few fits at a few Michelin star restaurants with uh-huh, dates. Uh-huh, and so, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think it gave me an appreciation for that. And it was not financially a dig as big as I thought. Like I was open to whatever it was being but when i saw it i was like i'm not bothered by this number and i because i had such a good time that there's no number that would have well actually no let me let me take that back there are a few numbers i'd be like oh wow that's a lot but (laughs) but like but it's pretty you know it's pretty reasonable especially for the quality of food quality of time Yeah, yeah and uh it's funny because my friend i don't drink so uh-huh. she was like, she's like, do you want me to buy my own drink or do you uh-huh. want like, and I was like, nah, like I got you. Like I'll, I'll get a mocktail. So I feel like I have like an expensive ish sure. drink on the table sure. as well. But, um, I, I was like, maybe just don't like buy three drinks in front of me. Cause that shit does add up. And then if I can't drink then, mm-hmm. but for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Alcohol is always very expensive especially mm-hmm. at places like that mm-hmm. uh that's another thing that you and i have in common i don't drink either and mm-hmm. uh like a lot of these um you know michelin starred restaurants like wines are amazing their cocktails are amazing back in the day when i did drink i you know a bottle service would be an of course like martinis aperitifs all of that of course but yeah like it really cuts down the bill like enormously when mm-hmm. you cut out the alcohol because booze really does get expensive yeah, yeah yeah i remember my ex-boyfriend i he was a sommelier and when we started dating he had just passed like one of the big tests that he had to take mm-hmm. so i was like let mm-hmm. me take you out i want to like celebrate you and this accomplishment 
Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like we went to like a nice restaurant. So I already knew I was gonna like be like dropping a good amount. And I like worked uh, as a barista. Like I did not have, I mean, I still don't make like a ton of money, but I did not, like it was less than now. And um, I- money. Yeah. What? You're making barista money. Yeah. And yeah. he, <laughs> and he knew where i worked we literally also worked together <laughs> and so i was like and i remember he ordered three drinks and i was like bruh <laughs> expensive <laughs> what are you yeah. doing <laughs> wow. but he was a good guy we dated for a while but <laughs> but that was like one of the first dates and i was like, ah. <laughs> like dude <laughs> yeah you give an inch and they take a foot yeah it's it's how it goes sometimes <laughs> Hmm. And okay. I remember he wasn't even like trying to get drunk. He just wanted, he got like three different things. He got like a beer, a cocktail, and then like a dessert wine or something. And I was like, hmm. what's going on here, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were like, let's, you were like, I said, let's go out for a drink. I did not say, let's go out for a drinks. Yeah. 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 I didn't say, let's go out for maybe a hangover for you the next day. All right. <laughs> I didn't say, let's go out for maybe let's get you fucking wasted tonight, bro. <laughs> I did not say that. And, and it was like over dinner too. So I was paying for like dinner and drinks. Yeah. 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 No, because if, if it was just drinks, then I'd be like, fine, let's party. But like it was dinner and drinks. And it, was... <sighs> was he a white boy? They're so inconsiderate, I'm telling you. <laughs> they are so... Of all the boys that I've dated, white boys were the most inconsiderate. Ah! One of my favorite, Grace, my, I, I feel like a lot of my interactions with you are cemented into my... into my soul. <clears throat> in a good way, but they're always... Because, like, when we first met, I didn't see you around a ton. We didn't like roll in enough of the same circle yeah. where it'd be like, oh, every Tuesday I see That's Grace. True. So it'd be kind of yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, hey, it's Grace. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. This is not the same guy that ordered three drinks. This is, mm -hmm. but we, I went to a party, you showed up mm -hmm. and it was like an amalgamation of people. There was no like, it wasn't like, hey, this is uh my asian writers group party it was an amalgamation yeah. of normal people and I, I brought like the guy i was seeing and you were like oh you brought the colonizer <laughs> oh my god i don't remember this <laughs> and this was like like this wasn't this was like pre-pandemic so it wasn't even like something that like people would joke about on twitter it was just like and you said that and i was like I guess I did. Like I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh okay. God. No, no. But that's funny. Oh mm. God. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. It's <laughs> a problem. I say these things not not to be a jerk. I'm never trying to be a jerk. I'm usually just trying to. I'm usually just making a very pointed observation <laughs> that other people wouldn't say. You know. Sure. But I say it. That's yeah. my fucking problem. And then time and time again, if it if it lands as funny, then I'm lucky. But if mm -hmm. it lands as like <laughs> like everybody's <laughs> silent and shocked, I then think... relationships change. You know, <laughs> like, I I when we first met, I really like, and not that I don't now, but like I think when we first met, I like 
looked yeah. up to you in a way and I oh. like had like respect for you so when you said that I was like like I took it like I had fucked up because you said it was such a deadpan face and it kind of made me think like oh maybe I should maybe I shouldn't date this person I genuinely oh, no, like no 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 I'm sorry no 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 no, no that, that, okay. would, that would never be my intention no 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 um yeah. no it sounds like a, it sounds like a very uh harshly uh delivered joke yeah it was a joke yeah. um I and, but I do remember when I first met you we met through Emily Browning mm-hmm. at that house, that great house in Highland Park where like people record podcasts and there's like a great kitchen. Yeah. So that was that party then? It was the same party? Oh, funny. I, uh, that I was so. the first time That was the first time I met you and uh, it was a very white room. It was very, very white. In and, people or in walls color? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very white kind of atmosphere, and wait, wait, when I which saw one, you, though? in in was there like one black or person? in there were you. I thought you brought. There were some Asian people there. There was me, you, Yabez. There okay. were two of your friends who I feel so bad. I don't remember their names I, right now. I don't. I don't remember any of my friends there. I. I, I don't oh, think wait. I brought anybody. There. Emily invited me, so I went, and. Uh, I was probably There's talking a picture to of all of us together, and that's why I thought they were <laughs> I your friends. We all took a picture, but maybe I, we all just were like, "Hey, all the Asians, get in this picture right now." <laughs> they were they were promoting themselves as diverse. <laughs> this was a PR tactic for EDI initiatives from that house, and it was false. The majority was white. When I was there, I was like, I was like just noting. I was like, "This is a very white centric party." And then, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you're right. I did bring a friend. I brought Amber there. Amber was my Asian okay. friend. You're right. Uh, okay, but okay. I, there you go. Okay, cause that yeah. made me seem racist for a second. Where I was like, no, you no, no, you're right. Asian, you're friend. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I brought okay. another Asian chick. I brought Amber there specifically because only Amber's Asian, and I will feel safer. No, uh, <laughs> but at the party, Emily introduced me to you, and I think I was like, oh, there's something ethnic about you. I feel safer with you. And you're like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm Japanese. I was like, oh, that's what it is. Okay, thank God. Uh, but I remember <laughs> saying that. But it, I say things like that. That's just how I am. Like I'm very, you know. I'm like a straight shooter. I'm like very New York like that, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This was just a thought that just kind of flood, like, fluttered through my mind the other day. But I was kind of like, you know, New Yorkers pride themselves on their personality. The, the fact that they are, you know, direct, straightforward, rude. Yeah? Like they pride themselves on this. But I'm like... But it's not personality that they're priding themselves on. They're priding themselves on pathology. Like, this is a disease, you know, <laughs> to be sociopathic and okay with it, you know? Uh, and, you know, it's like, part of me is like, I need to let that be because that is who I am and that's how I am. And um, for some some people, that is part of the attraction as well. On the other, it's like, I do need to be more mindful of the impact of my words, you know especially to like you know like people i just meet people i like yeah like i don't want to hurt their feelings you know uh, well and also you didn't hurt my feelings that night i think okay. i was just kind of like you I, made I, a note. I thought we had met one time before then and i think i just kind of like the way it was yeah. the delivery i was like it just kind of like it just it was like a mirror to myself where i was like 
oh my god, am I hurting the entire Asian community by doing this? <laughs> like, oh. like, she seems so sure of herself, like, I must be the one in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. um, I, so I've, I used to be more hard-headed about this East Coast, West Coast, LA versus New York debate because I used to really, because I grew up here, we've talked yeah. about this before, yeah. um, and I don't know if it's necessarily a West Coast thing as much as it's funny that I'm talking to you about this is that I feel like it's always kind of like an Asian American or Asian thing to like think about the collective and think about how your words like my mom always was like think about how your words can affect people like you know yeah. if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything like and I got yeah. into a lot of hot water growing up because I would say things and it, and they weren't and I'm not talking about when when we're like, we as women are being silenced. Like I would say some fucked up things. My mom would be like, oh my God, like don't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so when I would meet, when I moved to like LA officially and there's all these transplants and I would meet mm -hmm. um, New Yorkers who really like embodied that personality. Mm -hmm. It was really frustrating because it was me looking at myself and I was like, well, I was never allowed to be this direct. If I could have oh. been, then I would have been. But this is just, yeah, I, I think it's rude that you're not considering someone else's feelings right now. And I think uh, I always notice that like Californians or West Coast or L.A. or whatever, they might say exactly what the New Yorker wants to say, but they pat it with like, I just feel like in my own personal opinion. You know, that way it's like, I'm saying it, I feel like, but you don't have to. But at the same time, it's still like followed by like, you're an idiot or something like, you know, yeah, it's still like, yeah. it can be direct after that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that was my big gripe when I first, and now I've kind of fallen to like, because I think that's the thing is those examples are the extremes. Yeah. But there's a ton yeah. of gray area in between where you can like hear someone be direct and just, and not let it affect you. Or, you know, you can just, yeah say something that's more um observational yeah. you know it's just yeah and observational can come off as personal to others mm. i'm at a i'm at a point where because everything i say is always observational it's just a mm -hmm. comment and it's an opinion mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a fact but i think it's just my tone and my delivery and again as you say like i seem very sure of myself which is a persona which is just an aura it's just a vibe i give off and i do you I really guess think that, it's just a vibe? You don't think that you have that confidence in you? I think I have some of it, but a lot of the times mm -hmm. when somebody seems very overly confident, there's like a very huge well of lack of confidence running at the same time, always, in everybody. Mm -hmm. Sure, but I will say that the vibe that when I met you and thought like, oh, she's confident, mm -hmm. because I've also seen those people where I'm like, oh, they're confident. Oh, like, <laughs> but oh, like you right. see, because you have like, like a you weren't not that this is like everyone but you had yeah. this like stoicness about it and so yeah. you had this calmness you had this control over it without needing to be in control you were just like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm going to choose my word like not even choose yeah. your words you just yeah. when you'd say something it was like she has a beginning and end of that sentence and there's a punctuation and she meant it yeah she's yeah, yeah sure of it so i yeah, yeah. i mm -hmm. think that you are confident i think yeah yeah i hear that yeah. that is an important distinction yes i think the feigned arrogance is different from confidence and to have that confidence like yeah like i do have this well of lack of confidence and, and vulnerability but i think 
in order to maintain that strength and confidence, you have to always be looking at that vulnerability at all times. You have to be face to face with it at all times. And I think maybe that is what exudes that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's also because like, I'm an older sister, like I have a younger brother, you know, like I have the whole immigrant background, like I have, you know, rough childhood background, like street background. I think all of that eventually collectively adds up to making a certain kind of individual. Yeah. yeah. It took me these past few years to learn that for sure. Mm. And, you know, it's one of those things where I could be like, oh, like, why didn't they teach us that when we were younger? And it's like they kind of did. They kind of tried to, but it's not going to absorb when you're a teenager who's also dealing with that, you know, pinnacle in life of acceptance and fitting in and all those things. And like, you can tell them as much as you want, like, you know, no, love Mm -hmm. yourself. And it's like, and it's another thing also, I love, love, I love all these, um, I don't know, content creators, whatever, all these people out there, they're like, love yourself. I'm like, well, tell me how, give me tactical (laughs) ways to like, like, what do you mean? Just do it. Like, no, tell me if you tell me like it. And and I do appreciate the ones that are like, you know, it's, it's making your bed every morning. It's taking care of yourself. It's, you know, putting yourself first that way you can care for others. But the people are just like, love yourself and it fix everything. It's like, Wait, I don't even know how to do that. What? So. I think it takes a lifetime to uh, fully accept and love yourself. And that's just how it is. You just resign to that. And you just say, like, my intention is to love myself. And yet, those little things like making your bed, like clipping your fingernails, brushing your hair, brushing mm-hmm. your teeth. Mm-hmm. If you just say mindfully, this is this is an act of care to myself. This mm-hmm. is an act of love to myself. I'm going to choose to have a salad because I haven't eaten any greens today and I know mm-hmm. that it's good for me. That's mm-hmm. an act of self-care and mm-hmm. a broader sense of self-love, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. people have this fucked up belief. It's like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. And they think treating yourself equates mm-hmm. self-love and self-care. It's like, is that treating yourself, is that toxic in any way? Mm-hmm. Like you have to wonder that you know mm-hmm. um but at the same time like there are other forms of like things like i don't know i just you know that book the artist's way right by julia cameron i read like the first three chapters of it and then, and then you stopped um, yeah i think i borrowed it from the library and then it was due and I, <laughs> I i'm really bad at finishing books i start a bunch and then i just they just to. kind of boom. yeah don't have to there are a lot of things in there that i've read from other books like i I read a lot i read a lot and then i see a lot of like you know overlaps but Mm -hmm. one thing is like you know how for instance like you're saying you're doing this makeup tutorial thing right Mm -hmm. the kit the makeup kit is expensive and it Mm -hmm. does it does it makes no sense but it's like Mm -hmm. what if i do allow myself to get that kit just so i could explore everything and Mm -hmm. maybe give it other potential like try it on a friend who has different skin mm-hmm. tones different shades you know it's like she says that is not a waste of money don't mm-hmm. feel guilty over spending money on creativity ever because yeah. it mm-hmm. is nurturing your spirit and soul and your creative self and your inner mm-hmm. child so like with little things like that that mm-hmm. is a treat that mm-hmm. is a treat and that is a productive one and it's not toxic it's not you eating mm-hmm. a whole cake and then watching mm-hmm. 18 movies in 24 mm-hmm. hours. It's very different. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And the way I look at those things too is that like off of that example is because I, there are other things I've like, you know, like light 
setups, you know, microphones, yeah, et cetera. It and up, yeah. it adds up, but it's the two differences in that exact example is that if you were to buy a makeup kit to create and give mm -hmm. to others, you're putting out into this world versus the cake in the movies, you are imbibing. So it's fully oh, just you. And I think the more you put into this world, the more you're given back to because, yeah, yeah. because you created, you helped add to this experience and hopefully, and that's why, you know, as much as I want to be famous, uh, <laughs> I also just want like, because there's so yeah. many creators, so many big comedians where I would see like some YouTube video they made 12 years ago and something yeah. about it stuck with me and affected me as a teenager. I still laugh about it to this day. Yeah. Like, and it's like all these like sketches that live in my head that like no one's ever heard of, but they inspired me, they affected me. And that's why like, you know, something like TikTok, I'm like, you know, maybe someone thinks that this one line that I said is so funny and they start saying it and it, it brightened their day and it mm -hmm. sticks with them. And that in the end is more impactful and important than like, oh, millions of people see me do this yeah. thing that I, you know, yeah. I mean, I still yeah. would love to try that out, but yeah. I think yeah. I really, how I was affected by comedic art is those little golden nuggets that you collect along the way. Mm -hmm. So if I can give those to people where they're mm -hmm. like, that was funny. And I always think about it. I'd be like, wow, like, yeah. cool. No, it's like, uh, what you were saying about the giving part, like mm -hmm. any art that we make, it is a give. It is a gift that we're mm -hmm. giving. We're not mm -hmm. intending it to be that way. We're just making something, but that is an act of like love for our our proximity whoever is in that proximity love for ourselves first of all because we're doing the thing that we love and we're in this little world and we're making something but it's it's something that people are going to see and look at and appreciate and it's also mm -hmm. funny how you say like you know you have these moments and sketches in your memory it's like it's usually something very specific that mm -hmm. nobody else noticed but you know it and it cracks you the fuck up you could never re re-explain this to somebody you can never re recreate the moment for somebody but it's yours and it's there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think that's like a really important and meaningful thing that that you noted but yeah yeah what were you gonna ask me my my question was gonna be i feel like especially living here in la it, going off of the makeup kit example right it's yeah. it's like yeah like like let's let's just give it a shot let's let's invest in the makeup kit and and tell our friends that we can do their makeup. And since I'm not like a full-blown professional yet, mm -hmm. obviously I can't like charge. It's the even funnier. Yeah. Prices. You're not a full-blown professional. Yeah. yeah. Right. But like, I, well, the thing I kind of struggled with this past year too, is like enjoying hobbies yeah. personally without thinking of like, how can I film this to make content oh. out of it? How can I monetize off of it? How can I, you know, use it to help the end goal comedy career. And then I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Why can't I just enjoy this thing for uh -huh. me? Why do I feel like I need to like share, uh, not even for like the validation, but I'm purely looking at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint of like, okay, how can we um, brand this? Mm -hmm. And that's where I get kind of sick with the whole LA. It feels like, yeah, walking a tightrope with a balance beam and I'm like tipping mm -hmm. this way and then I, Mm -hmm. overcorrect and mm -hmm. but I just yeah I don't know if you have any advice or thoughts on that 
I think you should just let go of any perfectionist attitudes around the thing that you love, like, or around the thing that you want to do. It's like, just focus. It's like, it's a combination of things, right? Be present. That's the number one thing. Be present in this moment and reach for whatever is in your very immediate proximity. It's like, I have a makeup brush and I have eyeshadow and my friend is over. Let's just do her makeup because it's all here. It's all happening. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, last night, this is one example. Last night, I went to my friend Grant and David's house. They're in North Hollywood. Grant said he could burn DVDs for me because I have this short film Mm -hmm. and I want to burn it as a DVD so I could give it to my subject because he turns 100 next month. And so I brought it to him. I brought the DVDs to him and he was Grant was not prepared. He didn't even have his drive out. He didn't. He didn't even know that his drive is not compatible for burning DVDs. Like he was like a mess, right? I could have been mm-hmm. standing there over his shoulder yelling at him, but I just went to David's room and I just like mm-hmm. talking to David, blah 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 blah. And mm-hmm. the Grant's still figuring it out, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know if I can figure it out." And he's like stressed. I was like, "It's okay." And then I was just kind of looking around his room, and I was like, "Oh, like you like you like Kurt Vonnegut? Oh, you like Virginia Woolf? Oh, you like this? You like that?" Talking about this and that and that, and then we're talking about movies. And then I was like, he talks about this uh, film by Jim Jarmusch, Permanent Vacation, that I really love. And he's like, oh, I saw it recently. I was like, oh my God, David should be a Permanent Vacation. It should be a David movie. He's like, yeah, like, da-da-da. We started talking. And then we wrote a whole movie, like, mentally. I wrote down some notes. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I was like is this a feature or a short? He's like, I think, I, I think a short. I was like, okay, a short. Yeah, and it's David. And like, oh, camera goes missing. Oh, he has to look for a camera. I went there to get DVDs burned. No DVDs mm-hmm. got burned, but I came out with a short film that we were co-writing and co-directing, and David's going to star in it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever is in your immediate proximity is possible. Why? Because you are a creative individual, and you just mm-hmm. stay open to that and don't have any mm-hmm. panic or anxiety around the bigger thing of how do I monetize this? How do I make this a brand? How do I make this da-da-da? That's the perfectionist attitude that is going to mm-hmm. weigh you down so much that you're going to procrastinate. Because you're going to be thinking, like, how do I do the, how do I make the correct moves? And the thing mm-hmm. is, there are no such thing as correct moves. And there's no such thing as wrong moves. All you have are moves. And they can all be small. And those small movements are all majorly significant and meaningful. And they just add up eventually. And they become the brand, the entrepreneurship, the finance, da-da-da, you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank God we record, we're recording so I can listen back <laughs> to that when I need it. <laughs> yeah. I say go back to the Artist's Way book if and when you mm-hmm. want. You don't have mm-hmm. to force it, but if and when mm-hmm. you want. Like, it's a 12-week yeah. program. Right. Uh, my friend Marissa did it in a year. So she just mm-hmm. expanded the whole thing and didn't overly pressure herself to ba-da-da. Like, I'm mm-hmm. more, you know, like, militaristically disciplined in my stuff. So I did it in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the result for both her and myself is mm-hmm. we achieved massive things that we were like afraid of. And we yeah. just like created a whole bunch of shit put out. Like I wrote a whole right. second novel after I did that book. I did, I made a wow. whole like Oracle deck after that book. I finished writing a screenplay, started writing one other screenplay as a result of that book. So wait, did you say Oracle deck? Yeah. Yeah. I made an Oracle deck. <laughs> No, I'm, yeah. I'm about to make my first Oracle deck, too. Really? You draw yeah. and shit? 
Ooh. I am doing what I did was I got I love watercoloring, so the back is gonna be yeah. watercolor, but I okay. got um, a little HP printer. So it yeah. like prints out little like two by three stickers. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm yeah. gonna take like pictures from my iPhone of things I love yeah. and then kind of write little like like what I love this dog named Lego and yeah. like so I'm gonna write like characteristics that I feel when I love him and that he is so that way if I pull it then I know like right now this is what I'm supposed to be getting but but so I have all the oh, tools set up but I'm about to embark on that adventure so that's so yeah. I love it I love it yeah. make it and I want to see it yes yeah. oh absolutely I'm did you laminate yours or did you Right now, they're all in sketchbooks because they're marker drawings okay. and ink drawings. So nice. I, I have this huge scanner that I bought and I have to scan mm. them. Yeah. Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. Well, then I want to see your finished the... ones too when they're all yeah. set up. But I, I do have a question about the artist way because me and my friend got into um, a creative argument about this. And I'd love to know okay. your opinion because sure. I know in the artist way, they, she says like you're supposed to, is it she, right? That wrote mm -hmm. the book? Julia. She. Mm -hmm. She says that you're supposed to, the, for the morning pages, right? You have mm -hmm. to hand write three pages. Mm -hmm. But I've done morning pages for years because yeah. of that book. And also I knew journaling was a thing. Yeah. But I prefer to type because yeah. typing keeps up with how quickly I'm thinking the yes. thoughts and just getting yes. them out there. And my yeah. hand doesn't fucking cramp and yeah, I'm not yeah, getting yeah. angry at the page. Right. And my right. friend was like, no, you have to write them. You can't type them. And I'm like, no, I think you can, I think you can do whatever resonates yeah. with you. So I don't know I if think, you I saw. I think you're right. I think you're right. Whatever works okay. best for you is the right answer. Whatever is, whatever comes with most ease is the right mm -hmm. answer. Anything okay. that creates a blockage in the thing that you're trying to do is not mm -hmm. the right answer. So do the thing yeah. that is the easiest to you and the most accessible to you at all times. Yeah. So I, yeah. I am more in agreement with you in that argument. Thank you. I also forget, <laughs> do you have to save the morning pages or can you can get rid of them, right? You can, but it's helpful to save them because all of those mm. pages are work. And if you mm. have this catalog of morning pages, eventually mm -hmm. you do, you are supposed to look at them. You're supposed to look at mm. what patterns of thoughts you're having. Like, what do you keep mm. talking about that you're mm. not doing? What do you keep mm -hmm. complaining about that you're not fixing? And mm. what other create potential content is there? Like, who, is this potentially a character? Is this potentially a storyline? Mm. Is this potentially a pilot or a movie or whatever? So that's what the morning pages are for. It's an archive mm -hmm. of your thoughts and dreams. So it's good to mm. hang on to them. I say it's Got good it. to hang on to them. But yeah, you don't have to. You never have to mm -hmm. because you wrote them and whatever matters will stay will still stick with you. But I think it's mm -hmm. better to save them. Like I keep all my journals. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've I've done, you know, I've done different I mean, I think when I was writing them, I'm so neurotic I like would get rid of them because I was like, if I die and someone sees these no oh, wow <laughs> so i would get if i had physical copies i get rid of them there are a handful on my old laptop but that's yeah. just like slowing down the ram to have all those sometimes i if i have a really good one these days i'll email it to myself and put it in a yeah. separate folder yeah. but for the most part i just like do it to vomit every thought out yeah, because yeah, yeah. the thoughts are clogging what i'm yes. trying to do with my day so and that is a major part of the morning pages so mm -hmm. good good on you yeah
But yeah, save some of that because eventually you might want to go back and look back at yourself because that's who you Mm -hmm. are in this present moment or back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like good to see like, oh, like what milestones have I achieved? Like how am I very different from back then or how am I still similar? And it's like a nice way Mm -hmm. to reflect, I think. So I say it's worth saving. Okay, before we wrap up, I always do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ask you a series of flashcard questions based on a specific Korean drama. Uh, like just a scenario circumstances and you just answer what would you do if you were this person in these in this circumstance all right okay okay yeah. so let's say you're a young man in his mid-20s your name is Chang Kure, and you used to be a professional go player you know that game of go it's like a wooden board table and there's like black and white little circle stones and people move them it's like a, okay it's like a form of chess but it's like asian and it's it's called go so you've Mm. been training since you were like a like a little kid to become a professional Mm. go player but at Mm -hmm. age 26 you quit because your single mother is very ill and you need to be Mm -hmm. a breadwinner to her so you enter this major corporate conglomerate company because she pulled some strings with people that she knows with favors and stuff and you Mm -hmm. get to this office on day one in a very cheap suit that doesn't even fit you right and you see everyone there who is your age they're all like really competent well off great education speak multiple languages you don't even have a college diploma you you only have the you know you have a ged people are whispering talking shit about you what do you do go to my desk (laughs) (laughs) step one i just i we got all of the like i don't i was expecting the question to go elsewhere i didn't know i was gonna stop there in it (laughs) what do you do stay one stay one the pressure's on you go to your desk you go to your desk you turn on your computer and you and if if someone's supposed to train me i ask them for help yeah and i just i'm like yeah, you you still do the fucking thing. Mm, you stick with That's, it. Yeah, like I know I'm gonna be competent enough to like figure it out with some training. Like it's gonna, okay. it's probably gonna suck for a second, but like if you're at, what do I do? Go to my desk. Go to uh, go to whoever I'm supposed to report to. Just just I keep kind of one foot in front of the other. Yes. <laughs> when in doubt, go to your desk. <laughs> I good, feel like good. that's like it's that must be like capitalistic America in me. Go to your desk. No, it's very practical. <laughs> it's very practical and pragmatic. You didn't run away. You didn't go. You didn't go back home. You go to your desk. I think that's great. Okay, because like I can like prove to them that I'm competent enough, and that like you know, like I don't know all those. I think all the insecurity points throughout that story. I'm like, well, what can I do about that now? And I'm not going to mm. obviously. If this is my if someone pulled strings for if my mom. Who I'm trying no. to make the money for pulled strings for me to be there. No. I'm also no. not going to be like, hey, everybody, I can hear you talking <laughs> shit about me. Like, I'm just going to be like, what? Like, yeah, because I think I've also been in that position, uh, not yeah. specifically that yeah. one, but like where, yeah, anytime you start a new job and there's kind of that like poison in the water feeling mm-hmm. and people, you can feel that people are uncomfortable that you're there. It's like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to leave. That seems yeah. like, if you leave, that gives them more reason to like be like, "Did you see her? She just fucking yeah. left." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, that's brave and and pragmatic of you. Good. Okay. All right. So you're you're the same guy. You're Kure again. Okay. 
the people in the office are hazing you all right they're all wondering they're all wondering Mm -hmm. how a bumbling idiot like yourself got an internship at such a prestigious international company someone says that there was an error with a very enormous order of fermented octopus in these giant tin drums and you and the other interns have to dig through every single tin drum in search for squid because squid is like this more inferior version. Sometimes people cheat and lie and they say it's octopus and it's not. So all the interns are wearing hazmat gear. You're still in your cheap ass suit that your mom bought you. And mm-hmm. you get a, like, while, while everybody's, you know, working, you get a call on your phone. So you're trying to pick it up and then your phone falls in the vat of the octopus liquid shit. But all the other interns got a phone call informing them that you know, stop the work, just get back to the office. And none mm-hmm. of the other interns told you. So you're in the freezer truck, in your suit, by yourself, getting your cheap suit ruined, in the freezing cold, working a job that was no longer necessary for like two, three hours. What do you do? Well, okay, wait, okay, so wait, I need some clarification. Yeah. So the other interns are gone we left i didn't ask them for their hazmat suit when they left like what the fuck no like hey you don't need a hazmat left without saying that you know they were all leaving they left without informing you they Um, just can't let me work left i would probably for the first 20 to 30 minutes feel awkward and and get minorly traumatized by it and then at minute 45 i'd probably like start talking aloud to myself and be like fuck this like you know have a bad attitude about it um am i still digging through the octopus like the realization hit you that you no longer had to do this job for the last two hours and they didn't tell you to be mean about it they all left you know um i probably would internalize that they were being mean to me or like i'd be like did they get like taken like what the fuck happened to everybody like i don't know that's a a very there's a company van and everybody like told one another like okay they they called they said we don't have to do the job anymore we're going back to the office and they all got in the van and they're like is anybody telling could it's like no fuck that guy and they left and you're stranded at this fucking place it's so sad. It was like, you know, by the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably, you know, at that point, given who I am today, I mean, if you asked me two years ago, I'd be like, I guess I just keep doing it. But given who I am today, I'd be like, no, like you guys, no one, no one, everyone said collectively, fuck this guy and left me here. And then like, I would just, I'd be fucking pissed. I have to figure out how to get a new phone, which apparently like I can't afford because my mom's she dying. She's okay. Ill. So, you know, maybe I decide, Hey, you know what? I guess I just go off the grid and I uh-huh. go, you know, I would go, I would go home. I would take a shower. I would never, I would not even put a two weeks in because yeah. all of that is rude, fucked up, mm-hmm. hazing. That's not, no. So I would just, I go, I go get a fucking shower first. I probably cry mm-hmm. in the shower, Yeah. Um, but I'm not, and I'm, and then I figure out something else. I, I'm sure there are, is this in Korea? Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there are a million other jobs in Korea. I didn't know if it was like in Antarctica. I'm like, I don't know if there's other jobs in Antarctica. This yeah. might be it for me. But yeah. but like, 
fuck it, dude. Like, I like, let's just try again elsewhere because this is uh, not. You would quit. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, because it's not. Because because here's the thing, the I'm I'm quitting this job, mm -hmm. but I'm not quitting the pursuit in trying to figure out how to get my mom money. Yeah. There are Got other it. ways to make money. There's still right. bravery in that. This shit is pure hazing. And I'm not, yeah. if it's not even going to yeah. add up to something. Yes. You know what I mean? If it, like, towards my end goal, and if my end goal yeah. is my mom, like, there are other yeah. ways to get there. So, yeah. take a shower is my answer. Good. I like that. Take a shower. Self-care, self-love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Just get the, the, the octopus off of me. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Oh my god, that scene was like heartbreaking and disgusting. Oh, okay, yeah. good answer. Okay, so you're uh, let's say you're a you're a different person now. You're okay. a female mid-level manager at the company. Your name is Chi Young. Okay, you're like middle-aged. All right, you're a wife and a mother. Your male executives, your upper male executives, are constantly berating women, talking out loud. But claiming that it's just for themselves, they're just talking out loud, how women should stay at home and just be wives, how women should know their place, how women should not interfere and try to work in a corporate setting because men have to pick up their slack because women are out getting pregnant. As a woman and a wife and a mother, you overhear another female employee at the company who's worried because she just got pregnant and she needs to take leave. And then you start judging her for her carelessness, right? But when you come home, you see a drawing that your four-year-old daughter made and the image of you has no face on it. What do you do? Like she drew me headless or? She drew a head, but it's blank. There's no face. There's no face. <sighs> but your husband, she also drew your husband. He has a face. Did I say anything to my coworker, or did I quietly judge her? You quietly judged her. Okay, so I'd probably probably take her to lunch mm. as like an internal apology, but I don't need to <laughs> apologize out loud because I didn't say anything. You yeah. know, like I didn't say anything yeah. mean to her, but yeah. like I I do feel bad, so I probably you know take her to lunch. Um, I don't know. Oh. That's such a complex situation because these Olivia dinners. Yes, exactly. I take her to an Olivia dinner and um, I would ask if she has any questions about childbirth or motherhood, if she's yeah. nervous about it. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. But I, as far as like, sounds like a toxic environment, but it doesn't sound like the question was asking me how I'm going to like, yeah show up with a sword and like murder all yeah. these upper executives that sounds like mm -hmm. a different kind of show so mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very i guess that's show. what i would do okay it's a what i think that's nice i think that's actually really really nice like a woman like that could use a lunch and a talking friend or listening friend mm -hmm. yeah i mm -hmm. think that's really nice okay okay see all right that that's a proximity thing you could do see a small thing they could do that adds up okay Final question. You're uh you're Kude again, right? The the young man. Okay. <laughs> you're you're given a test at the company and your your job is on the line, okay? You have a bunch of socks 
an underwear that you bought at a market at like a small wholesale market because they gave you a budget and they said that you have to make like 10 times the profit like turn it up turn it into 10 times the profit so you go and buy these cheap socks and underwear and you're trying to sell it on the street nobody's buying them everybody's ignoring it right sun is setting you know deadline is almost almost up so you bring the socks and underwear to your old institute the go academy that used to take go classes that they've known you since you were a little boy and everybody there respects you loves you welcomes you with open arms and you bring this stuff and you're like i need you guys to buy this and the director there says to you that nobody at this institute can buy these products from you what do you do Okay, wait, I have so many questions. First of all, what the fuck does this company do? Because I've heard octopuses, I've heard like make your own money. What? Something yeah. like MLM, but way more toxic. What yeah. is this company that I work for? That's a good question. I, I mean, this was like a like a web like a webtoon, and then they turned it into a Korean drama. And I think it's supposed okay. to like just embody international all-encompassing conglomerate kind of thing you know it's like amazon okay. amazon has a pharmacy but okay. they also sell toy you know it's like it's like one Got of those yeah. okay okay copy that and then yeah. do what am i given the reason why the go institute can't buy is it because they can't afford it or because it's a moral thing or like or am thing. i just given it's a moral thing because they don't want to support amazon at the end of the day <laughs> That's funny. Well, I don't That's, want to support Amazon, it is so probably I get a, it, but like a very important moral thing. No, no, no. It was more like the director was like, he's like, you were giving this assignment because they want you to learn something about mm -hmm. problem solving, and you're falling back on your old friends and your old like family, basically. Yeah, we can mm -hmm. dig you out of this hole. But how mm -hmm. are you going to keep coming to us every single time you're if you're facing a problem? And don't you think it's kind of you abusing this relationship with your Go Institute? Mm. So it's like that kind of moral. It's got like a bigger sort of lesson behind it. But that's the reason why he says no. Yeah. But you still got to sell these socks and underwear. Um... I don't know because I guess the way when you were telling it, I was picturing why he would go back there or why I would, is mm -hmm. because, and I but now I see that side too. But I was thinking like that makes sense because you would go um, rely on your community to help you in yeah. a dire because you said that you're yeah. I'm I'm going to possibly lose my job yeah. and if I'm still on the yeah. path of like I cannot lose my job. Yeah, yeah. Then this seems to make sense. Yes. Um, but if the if I'm supposed to figure it, I don't know because I, if I have to do this by like sundown or how? What's my deadline mid, on this project? By midnight. By midnight. And there's still time. It's just sundown. Like you still have like maybe. I like guess what I'm kind of like. No, I did, and I don't. I'm. I don't know. I just think that like if I went out and tried to sell it myself and I have five minutes left in the day to do this project like this is me being resourceful and being like f like yeah I don't love that I have to like ask for this help I'm mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. but at the same time it's me resourcefully trying to figure out where do I have a community that could support yeah. me yeah. i.e. like when we send around our Indiegogos and Kickstarters it's like exactly. hey can you help me out like yeah yes. I could figure out a way to fund this myself but like yeah. you know <clears throat> but 
God, so what would I do? Yeah. <laughs> but I like all your logic. Everything you're saying is yeah. I'm in agreement with. So, I mean, do you, okay, I need another. Do you think, though, that he yeah. consciously knew that he was looking for them to dig him out? Like, do you think he was being shitty in that choice to go there? I could tell from when I was watching the show in the context of it and his expression and his action, I could tell that he felt a burden, like a guilt for going, going back there. Like he, he felt like what he was doing was inappropriate. Like there was that oh. heavy sense around him. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have the time to do this in yeah. this scenario. Uh -huh. I would say, look, bruh, mm -hmm. <laughs> just like mm -hmm. that. Look, yeah. bro. No, I yeah. would say, um, I've, I'm basically an expert at this game. You've known me since I'm a child. Mm. I will give you, mm. if you will give me the money for this, and what mm. I will give you instead of these socks and underwear is I will give you X amount of whatever you think is the trade-off, equal trade-off of me teaching your youngest students for free. But really, mm. either the students mm -hmm. pay, like, because that is the value I can give is teaching mm. my expert knowledge to mm. these young children. And if that means coming here every day after work, or if it means yeah. just one master class right now, sure. but I need the money and this is what I actually have to offer. Fuck these socks. Mm. Like, I'll have to, I'll, t I'll just keep the socks and underwear for myself, but I'll take those profits back to the company and be like, I did yeah. it. Okay. But All right. Yeah. But I, but I don't think that like helps the long-term solution with the company because I can't keep, do you know what I mean? You can't keep funneling like that for this Amazon, like Amazon needs yeah. to figure out their own shit is what I'm yeah. saying. It, but. This is more like a, like an assignment. It was like a test that it, it was just to get okay. them to do this. It was like a test for these young interns. Yeah. It's like, figure this shit out. Yeah. But yeah, I like your, I like your resolution. It's like labor exchange, you know? Yeah. Yeah still yeah, within yeah. the realm of capitalistic appropriate exchange yeah but i also like what you were saying in terms of like i mean wouldn't we fall back on our community that is the right answer mm -hmm. yeah we do fall back on our own community that is wh why we have a community yeah you're mm -hmm. right and this show is very it has a lot of contradictions in that manner in that while it's critiquing capitalism it's mm -hmm. still very very pro-capitalism in that it maintains the tenets of capitalism in that no not your friends and family somebody else stranger expand the market make it a bigger market figure it out like it's got that yeah, yeah. eventually the resolution to this was that they go to a korean spa like there are all these spas in in asia right like in japan and korea they go mm -hmm. stand outside a korean spa mm -hmm. and they know that after a certain hour in the day there are all these business workers who go to that spa to get changed and they always need socks and underwear. So they stand mm. outside the spa, they sell everything and all the men there recognize this assignment because they all had to do it when they were young squirts starting out a company. So they all appreciate what this assignment is and they're also helping them out. So it's like still community oriented, mm -hmm. still nostalgically connected, but it's like more specific and they are not friends and family they're still strangers you know what i'm saying so yeah. it was such a creative solution to the problem but yeah i think your your solution was just as creative so okay yeah. thank you olivia this is a great chat yeah. thank you for doing this thank you for having me so fun